Ion 2020 episode 264. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. So to be honest with y'all, if last week... You didn't get enough crap shot at you from a Democratic debate. Uh, there's another one this week. This is amazing. They're going to win debates like every week at this point with these Democrats. And uh, I don't know why, but I think it's just because, honestly, it's like they had the Nevada caucuses and Bernie Sanders won. South Carolina was planning a debate already as well a week later because the South Carolina primary is this week. So that's why they're doing it. But it's just crazy that they're having another debate like a week after the previous debate. Because previous to this, it was like once a month they were doing debates. But now they're doing them once a week, apparently, for the time being. And we'll see how that goes for each of these candidates. I can't imagine a worse performance for um, Michael Bloomberg than last week. So I guess we'll see if he does well on the stage this week. The other one that got in this week that was not on the stage last week is that Tom Steyer. Um, He will be on the debate stage. He is actually moving up in the polls in South Carolina. And if you didn't, if you're not in South Carolina, you wouldn't realize it. But I mean, I guess he's probably advertising like crazy in a lot of states, but he spent like a hundred, a hundred million dollars on ad space. And they have seen it like crazy, probably for the last six, seven, maybe even eight months since he got into the race. You've seen him just blasting out commercial after commercial after commercial, and it's pretty much all I see on my feed now. If I'm if I'm like cruising through Facebook and I actually click on a a video, and you know how if you're on, I guess it's Facebook um, Facebook Movies or Facebook Watch now, I guess is what it's called. And if you click on one of those Facebooks, uh, like if you see a video that you're gonna watch. Uh, if it's more than like a minute or two long, I will get an ad and almost every single time it's a Tom Steyer ad. So it'll be interesting to see how he does after the debate. It'll be interesting to see if people go to the polls and actually vote for him over Joe Biden, especially because everybody that Tom Steyer is getting is, uh, pretty much a Joe Biden supporter. He's not really taking a lot of, uh, a lot of people away from, uh, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, who Elizabeth Warren's not really running very strong in the state either, as well as uh, Bernie Sanders isn't really running that strong either. Uh, the African American vote specifically is like the the key indicator in the state of South Carolina, is what they say. So South Carolina is a bellwether for the African American vote, is what they were saying on the news media, and it's true. It's uh it's a Southern state, uh, and African Americans in the state tend to vote Democrat pretty much 95, 96% of the time, I would imagine. Um, But a lot of people think that Donald Trump is going to do well with the African American vote in South Carolina as well. So we'll see how that goes when you get to the general election. But for the time being, uh, these people are hanging their hats on winning South Carolina, especially Tom 
Tom Steyer or Steyer or whatever the hell I say his name. Um, he needs to have a good showing in order to say that his hundred million dollars was worth spending. He needs to have a really good showing. Um, and then obviously uh, Joe Biden absolutely has to come out ahead in uh, in South Carolina. If he wins South Carolina, then it gives him all the press he needs uh, to move on to the Super Tuesday next week and really just uh, have that momentum going. Uh, that's what Joe Biden needs. Bernie Sanders currently is the delegate leader right now. Bernie Sanders is doing pretty darn well, uh, especially among like young people. They're saying he's getting about 70% of the uh, vote of people that are under 20, I think it's like under 30 maybe, he's getting that vote like it's nobody's business. So uh, that's a good thing for him that is general, generally a group that doesn't get out there and vote that often. But in Nevada, it was like 17% of the votes were people that were under that 25 to 30. I think it was like 17 to 25, which I don't know how they're, how they're counting 17-year-olds, but it said 18, or it said 17 to 25, but it's 18 to 25 is really, that's the group that uh, really got, and maybe, maybe they let 17-year-olds vote in Nevada if they're going to be 18 by November, who knows, that could be the case too, but I can't imagine that's the case. But yeah, so uh, Bernie Sanders is doing well with them though, and I wonder how it'll be, it'll probably be like that across the board, because if you look at some of these polls that they do, these national polls, it always shows Bernie Sanders getting the young vote. Um, young people, I'm not sure why they tend to go so darn socialist, like, in this idea of this dem- se- or democratic socialism is so popular with them, but it's just the way that they are, you know, they, um, they say if you are a socialist when you're young, you have no, or if you're not a socialist when you're young, you have no heart, and if you are a so or if you are a socialist when you're old you have no money or something like that I can't remember the exact term but um it just comes down to that and you know people are very aware of like socially conscious nowadays as well uh and somehow that social consciousness translates with Bernie Sanders into the government doing things that are more socially conscious rather than just stepping up and donating money or stepping up and volunteering your time on your own of your free will. Uh, Young people think being socially conscious is getting involved in politics and getting political uh, force used to make your will happen is what it comes down to. It's got to be, or else they would be out there just volunteering their time and doing as much as they possibly can on that front in order to uh, do things, you know, with their own money, their own time, voluntarily. They don't, that they just think that being socially conscious is having the government do it all. Like, oh yeah, if we if we care about the people, we will make sure that the government gives out free health care. If we care about the people, we'll make sure the government gives out free stuff. And uh, free stuff is not free stuff, they don't realize that or something, uh, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I've never sat there and really spoke to, like, a young socialist or anything like that, or someone that believes in this, uh, democratic socialist, I've never really had a long conversation with them, but being socially conscious, in my view, means, like, getting out there using your own time, your own resources, your own money, in order to have a uh, outcome for p- 
people that are in need. That's the way that I would see it. But because I believe in freedom, uh, and I also believe in free will, and I believe that people should use their own, you know, do things of their own free will rather than uh, by force. Being a libertarian, that's how I feel. And whenever you pass a law, that automatically makes it so that there's force involved in it. And to me, that that's, that would be wrong. But uh, young people, they love Bernie Sanders. That's just the way it is. Um, he's doing very well among that demographic. And uh, I don't know that they'll help him too much in South Carolina. But that's the big deal this week, guys. Is South Carolina is what you're going to be hearing all week. Uh, they do go to the polls in South Carolina on Saturday. The debate will be tomorrow. And to be honest with you, I probably will not be watching it. I will, I, I'm going to kind of have to keep like a half an eye on it or at least listen to some of the outtakes from it and just see how things go just because I will be putting on a show on Thursday as well. And I, I do want to talk about it a little bit just to let you guys know what's going on. Um, but I don't want to bore you guys with democratic politics the entire time. I know that most of my listenership uh, has become libertarians because it's a libertarian show. Um, and so, yeah, so I'll go to, <laughs> I'll go ahead and get off of that topic now. Um, going on, or so right now, also what you're seeing out there in the, uh, political landscape though, is that a lot of the state, state parties for the libertarian party are having conventions and they're having these debates among the different candidates that are running for political office. And there's probably like five or six of them that are making their rounds on a regular basis to get to those. One of them is Jacob Hornberger. He's definitely going to pretty much every single one of the debates that he can, it seems like to me. And uh, you also have like Lincoln Riley who's out there and he is going to a lot of these debates as well. I think he's the guy from Rhode Island who is the, um, or Lincoln Chafee, I'm sorry. Lincoln Chafee, he's the one that's going He's the one that's from, he was the uh, independent governor of Rhode Island. He's going, he's trying to make his push. He's actually doing a better job than, say, um, Gary Johnson did back in 2016 when Gary Johnson was just kind of like a presumed to be the shoe-in for president. So I don't know that he did a lot of the networking that needed to do among the state conventions. But uh, Lincoln Chafee definitely is going to be doing those. And he's probably the most well-funded of all of the campaigns just because he does have a national voice and he also is the type of person that'll probably get on the stage or get on that national stage once he becomes the presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. Uh, Will he be a good voice for the Libertarian movement? Uh, The way that I'm seeing it right now is that when I listen to him speak, he speaks on that light libertarian front, right? He's not the, oh yeah, we're socially conservative, and socially uh, liberal and fiscally conservative, so vote for me. Or hey, we're like right there in the middle. If you're a Republican in here, Democrat, but you're not quite so hard on the social issues and you're not quite so hard on the fiscal issues, or, or if you're harder on the fiscal issues, then you know what? We've found a place right here in the libertarian. That's not him. That was definitely Gary Johnson's push. And I don't know if you guys were libertarians back in like the early 2000s, but in, that was a very common way to describe yourself back in the early 2000s. If you're a libertarian, you would say something to the effect of, 
oh yeah, we're socially conservative and we're and we're uh or socially socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Like that's how you would describe yourself as a libertarian. It was a common way to say it. I don't know who started that, but that's just the way it is. Nowadays people think of it and they're saying, Oh, that's not really what a libertarian is, and that's true. That's not what a libertarian is, but to explain exactly what a libertarian is takes more than about um you know 10 10 words and socially conservative or socially liberal fiscally conservative that's a pretty easy way to get people to listen to it and see what that means so that's why people use that term but it definitely does not describe what a libertarian is but uh, Lincoln Chafee his whole thing is he was the anti-war guy uh, back in the early 2000s, I support him on that. He did not vote for the uh, authorization of the use of force, I think is what his claim to fame. Uh, I think he was like the only one or one of the only ones that did not vote for that. He did not vote to go into Iraq. He was like the only one or one of the only ones that did not vote for that as well. And then when he decided that he was not going to be a Republican anymore, I think that made big news coverage as well. He decided to run as an independent for the Rhode Island governorship and he won so he says as a as a uh, libertarian running as a third party well I already got elected to a state outside of the two party system so elect me as your nominee because I can make it happen for libertarians as well he can probably get a lot of money raised because of that I think the libertarian party and uh, as a whole likes that idea because they liked that with Gary Johnson they liked that with Bill Weld so see how that goes as well um but yeah other than that I mean he does have those libertarian light principles he's not all about destroying the entire government or you know you know Adam Kokesh's claim to fame is when he gets to be if he becomes president he's gonna again immediately dismantling the government and nominate himself or have an executive order declaring himself not president anymore, but just, like, the overseer of the destruction of the federal government. Like, that's a pretty extreme view that if you stood up on stage and you said that uh, doing a normal debate, like, probably 0.1% of the entire population of the United States would understand what you're saying, (laughs) the rest of them would be like, huh? What does that mean? So... I don't know that that would be the best best uh, position to go towards if you're going to be running for president, but that's, that is Adam Kokish's claim to fame, which uh, a lot of people that are in the libertarian movement that are like big time in the libertarian movement, they are anarchists in some way, so uh, that does go over well with them. So, I mean, maybe that would be something that could get him on the debate stage on the libertarian front, but I don't know that... You know, it would probably get some cheers and stuff like that on the libertarian front, but if you had him as the nominee, I mean, it just might uh, blow up in the face of the libertarian movement, which would become like this extremist movement at that point. And you don't you, you don't want to be perceived as the extremist movement, in my opinion. <clears throat> like Tom Woods said it, I and mean, this is uh, probably the best quote that you could come up with about it. When most people think about libertarian they think about the Libertarian Party. They do. So, if that's the case, then we need to work within that Libertarian Party in order to get things done. And you need to have a 
slightly appealing way to go about bringing the libertarian uh, message to the masses, right? You can't start them off with uh, pure anarchism by any means because most people in America don't believe in that type of thing. Like most people, you can appeal to them on the limited government front. You can appeal to them on the idea that we should have a limited federal government and stronger safeguards. We could appeal to them on the idea of lowering taxes and things like that. Now, we're not the party of lowering taxes. We're not the party of limited government. We're the party of individual um, responsibility. We're the party that says that um, people should, or we're the party of property rights and things of that nature. And being focused in on those things. We're the party of non-aggression. Like, those are things that we can run on, and those things can have mass appeal if we just explain them the right way. But not a single person went from Republican to anarchist overnight. Not a single person went from Republican or Democrat to anarchist overnight. That's on the libertarian front. Nobody has. Most people started off like myself, who is in college, and I start hearing about egoism and Ayn Rand's philosophy, and I start to look into that, and I learn about libertarianism that way. I have a college professor who is a libertarian, and he's talking about free markets and things of that nature, and all of a sudden, I start to look at it, and I think, yeah, free markets are the way to go. Free market economics is the best way to bring more prosperity to the most people, and individual responsibility is is key to that, and property rights is key to that. And you become a light libertarian who still votes Republican or Democrat, over time, you start to question those things, and you start saying, you know what, I'm going to push it within the libertarian party, and then the next thing you know, you're starting to talk to more people, you're starting to learn about more things with, about the libertarian movement, and you start going into the different ideas that you hear, like Murray Rothbard, Murray Rothbard and Ludwig von Mises and all these people who really came up with the entire message of the uh, extreme minarchist view of the government. The extreme ideas of, you know, limiting government to the point that there is no government. But most people don't get there overnight, so we need to have a, some sort of broad appeal, I think, in the libertarian message. But it can't be the Gary Johnson message of, oh, we're fiscally conservative and socially liberal. It can't be that. It needs to be more than that. So anyway, that's what you're hearing um, at these different conventions right now, is you're starting to get a perspective of who the different candidates are and what their messages are. So um, if you go out and YouTube them, I mean, you could probably look like the Florida, Florida debate was supposedly pretty good. Jacob Hornberger seems to be doing very well a lot of these a lot of these conventions and stuff, and I think that's a good thing. He has a very eloquent message for the libertarian movement, and I think that that is great. I love listening to him talk as well. Um, I've heard the criticism of of him, which says that he's low energy or that he's not like a people person. And I thought that at first, I really did, but I think he's starting to get more comfortable on that stage as well. So I think that's a good thing. Um, there's a couple of people out there that I've seen that are very charismatic as well on that debate stage. I cannot remember what his name is right now, guys. I apologize. But there's this one candidate that's from California, and um, 
I was looking him up and I looked at his website and stuff and uh, he's like a big like he's in the Toastmasters and everything so he's like a pretty good speaker overall but when I listened to him talk he wasn't really that um that appealing to me he tells a lot of stories and stuff about his kid who had autism or something like that but um whenever I listen to him talk I'm just not seeing the whole uh this is gonna be the guy that's gonna be a good messenger for liberty because I don't think he really talks too much about libertarian principles on stage when I heard him and I've, I've watched a couple of these different debates and I've watched him talk but I wish I knew his name I just can't think of it right now so I do apologize but um but yeah I mean I just I see Jacob Hornberger doing pretty darn well and I think that that's a good movement towards like a a principled libertarian message so that might be a good opportunity for the libertarian party to have somebody like him be the presidential nominee I just don't see it happening though him being the nominee just because you have Lincoln Chafee up there and he's the guy that has like the credentials that Democrats or not Democrats but um libertarians all often look at in order for their uh, nominee so we'll see what happens at the at the convention the national convention in May but anyway um, moving forward, guys, uh, I appreciate you listen, listening to the show. I can pre- appreciate that you continue to get involved, um, sending me messages and things like that. Five-star ratings and reviews are always helpful as well, so go ahead and do that if you've been listening for a while. Uh, listenership continues to go up, so I'm going to make sure that I'm putting out great content for you every single week as well. Only doing it on Mondays and Thursdays now, and uh, it's, it, I think it helps with the listenership because you're not getting too much Ray talking all the time I'm able to put together a little bit better thoughts on everything and uh and that's good I really enjoy this two day a week format as well uh so I appreciate you sticking with me through that and go ahead ionetheempire.com is the website you could also uh, go to ionetheempire on Facebook and on Twitter view the view that you could also follow the follow that page if you want to and then uh go ahead and come back every single Monday and Thursday I'll see you this Thursday uh This is Ion 2020.